of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel lesson for today contains what are called the Beatitudes. And uh, the Beatitudes are all of the Blesseds. In Matthew's Gospel, we just get the Blesseds. And in Luke's Gospel that we have today, we get the Blesseds and the Curseds. <laughs> so it's a little, little tougher in Luke, because it is the Gospel to the poor. The Blesseds are not things that sound all that blessed at first blush. And they're very, very different than what the religious leaders of that time were saying. Uh, Jesus does not trot out the same kind of trite sayings that the people at that time did, the other religious leaders. If he did, it wouldn't be Jesus and the Beatitudes. It would be Jesus and the Platitudes. You know, things like people say now that they're supposed to mean something, you know, like, well, here today, gone tomorrow. If you don't, somebody else will. Uh, it's never, always darkest before the dawn. Never rains, but it pours. If you're not the lead dog, the view's always the same. You know, the platitudes, stuff like that. And the platitudes that people were throwing out at the time of Jesus about um, human nature was, the main one was, if you are good, you'll get all the good stuff. So we have the book of Job, which is, most scholars believe, the first book that's actually written down uh, in Scripture. And passed an oral tradition a lot of for many decades and centuries, but the first one written down. And the book of Job deals with that subject, the question of evil in the world. Why, why is it, as the book was written a number of decades ago, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? And the companion volume that wasn't written, but probably should have been, would be, and by the way, why, why do good things happen to bad people? How come that happens? The question of evil in the world. It's the most, probably the thorniest theological question that there is. And people were saying then, well, if you're, if you're a good person, then God blesses you and you get all the goodies. So if you're rich and powerful and have possessions and stuff, that must mean that God loves you and he's blessing you. And if bad stuff is happening to you, well, you know, that must be the other. That's what Job's friends said to him. He lost his wife, his children, his herds, his flocks. He had boils all over his body. And they said to him, Job, how did you tick God off? And he said, I, I didn't do anything. And they went, oh, you come on, you must have. Why don't you just fess up and get it over with? Why don't you just curse God and die? It's, it's apparent that you're not in his favor. I didn't do anything. So that's a question that Jesus is looking at. And when he gives the Beatitudes, it does sound sort of counterintuitive. Listen again. Blessed are you when you are poor. Blessed are you when you are hungry now. Blessed are you when you are grieving now. Blessed are you when people defile you and speak ill of you and reject you doesn't sound all that blessed, does it? And then the woes. And woe to the rich, and woe to those who are filled now, and woe to those who are, who are laughing, and woe to those who uh, are accepted by everybody. And we think, man, oh man, I'm not sure I qualify for this kingdom of God thing. Because we start to think it over and we go, well, I, I wouldn't say I'm exactly poor. You know, middle class in America is richer than most people in the rest of the world. And uh, as far as being hungry, well, I ate pretty good three times yesterday. Uh, as far as grieving, 
Mm, some here and there, but not right now. And uh, as far as being accepted, doing okay there. Wow, you know, maybe I don't qualify for the kingdom of God. If I don't have all those other terrible things, maybe, maybe I'm not in. But I think it's simpler than this. I think what is happening here is Jesus is, is simply looking at the people sitting in front of him and saying, whatever your condition is, God wants to bless you. So maybe sometimes you are poor and hungry and grieving and, and rejected. Okay, but God still loves you, and that doesn't mean he's deserted you or you're not good or you can't get into the kingdom of God. What it means is simply stuff happens. Are you aware of that, that bad stuff happens and good stuff happens and you never know when one is going to be and the other is going to be coming your way? He's saying God wants to bless you. The work of the forces of evil want to curse you and bring you down, and then that happens too. But God always wants to bless you, no matter what your circumstances are. And that word blessed, I did a word study on that. Markarius is the Greek word. It can mean happy or blessed or, here's the one I like best, joyful. It can mean joyful. And the reason that that makes sense to me is because to, to, be, to be happy means that our circumstances around us have to be going well. So if our, if our, if our spouse is treating us well and the grandkids aren't in trouble and you know the, our 401k didn't tank and we kind of enjoy our job and, and things like that, well, then we can be happy. But, you know, if the spouse is grouchy and the kids are run wild and, you know, we run out of money and the, our job is terrible, well, then we can't be happy. But joy does not depend on our circumstances around us. Joy is something that we have deep within us that nothing outside of us can touch. To have the joy of the risen Christ in our hearts means nobody, there's nothing anybody can do. There's nothing that can happen that can take us away from the love of God in Christ. Remember a few months ago we had the lesson about Paul and Silas in prison in Philippi. And they were beaten, stri stripped, beaten, chained in the dungeon. And there they were singing and praising God and having a high old time. And the text tells us, and the other prisoners were listening. Well, I bet they were. I bet they'd never seen anybody crazy enough to be singing and praising God under circumstances like that. Wondered what they were smoking. So they, the jailer, then when the earth earthquake came, then they said, oh, don't, don't kill yourself. We all stayed here so that you wouldn't get in trouble. And the jailer was like, who are you people? Where, where do you get this? How, how can you match calamity with serenity? How can you match suffering with singing? Where do you get that stuff? And they told him. They told him where they got it. They got it by having the living Christ inside their hearts. And there was nothing. There was nothing that could squelch that, no matter how bad it got. And it does get bad. There's no question about that. But it cannot squelch what we have within us. So today we look at, you know, are we blessed? Well, yes. We're blessed whether things are going good or whether things are going bad in life. We are always blessed 
the Lord God makes sure of that. And we also, you know, don't want to get to the point where we think, well, when, you know, when we're in trouble, we call on God, but I don't know if you would listen to me then. Well, you know, God isn't like a genie that you, you know, rub the lamp and he comes out and says, your wish is my command. It's more the other way around, where we are so closely lined up with God that we say, Lord, your command had better be my wish. And we find that as thing goes on in life, that the more we pray and the closer we are to God, the more our will lines up with God's will. And they tend to be pretty much the same thing after a while, which is pretty nice. So today we remember that in baptism of our young Ezra Frederick Cox, he is being made part of the family of God. And there is nothing that the world can do that can take that out of him. He is a member of God's family, just like us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.